general show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to ice a fruitcake? With a shank in the kidneys whilst it's in the shower. <laughs> We're at the Phoenix in London, I'm Danielle Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, he's the second funniest vegan in the room, it's Michael Legg! <laughs> and with him, she's the 12th funniest vegan in the room, it's Sarah Pascoe! If they ever did a live-action film of Count Ducula, she'd still be a TV actress. It's Margaret Cavon Smith. <laughs> and with her, he's one of the many available items in the misshaped shop at the Russell Howard factory. It's Joe. <laughs> Quite mean. <laughs> Especially when Russell Howard himself is already misshapen. <laughs> In the beginning, God created round one. The importance of being right. Just like the algebra teacher who told his students to Google bisecting the triangle, I have run into some unexpected problems online. <laughs> In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is according to Freddie Prinze's internet. <laughs> Just an odd reference. Michael and Sarah. You wake up in pain in a grotty, dilapidated bathroom. Michael is stuck on one side by the toilet. Sarah is in the bathtub. In between the two of you is a corpse holding a cassette recorder and a revolver. You pray this is a new dining experience from the people who do that Faulty Towers thing up at the fringe, but no. After shouting at each other for 30 minutes, you realise you're not actually chained to anything and you can escape. But all that being in the film saw has left you famished and it's a lovely day, so you grab some picnic food from M&S and head for the park. Unfortunately, the wasps have the same idea. So it's the right way to get rid of wasps according to the Daily Mail website. <laughs> okay, so number one, in this scenario, the wasps are exactly where they're supposed to be, which yeah. is outdoors, living their lives. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. the lunch that's in the wrong place. <laughs> so it's the human beings you need to deal with. Using wasps. Also, I'm very offended that you asked that question to a Catholic. Um, <laughs> I'm from Northern Ireland. If we knew how to get rid of wasps, we would have done so. Oh. <laughs> that is very good. How do vegans deal with insects? Oh, I can't talk on behalf of everybody. When I'm riding my bicycle sometimes, flies go in my mouth. And I feel, oh no, you don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't eat you guys. <laughs> I really did think you were going to say, I don't want to speak on behalf of the wasps. Oh, I also wouldn't do that. <laughs> Michael, if you've got like, loads of ants in your house, what do you do as a vegan? Party. <laughs> Play some ant music. <laughs> Three people. What's ant music? Um, oh, it's music no. your aunt gets you. <laughs> one person! <laughs> the next one better be zero! <laughs> I'm working my way down! Margaret and John, have either of yes. you been stung? I've never been stung because I have an ace up my sleeve when it comes to being surrounded by bees or wasps, which is not to do anything. And they tend to just leave you alone. But like, if they're up your sleeve, then... What if you were driving? What if you were driving and there's a wasp in the car? Well, that's never happened. Behind what your if you're driving and the, the sunroof's off and then nest of... 
I'd bees. be more concerned about how my three-door hatchback Skoda turned into Cabriolet <laughs> than Wasp Access. We're just giving you hypotheticals. Oh, I watched something, something through... Uh, We've no. never been on a picnic or found a dead body, but we just played that's along with the you, game. That's because you're too picky for a picnic, so you don't get invited. <laughs> I thought in my head when you asked that question, I've never been in the same room as you and it'll be. <laughs> You're saying we're the same person. <laughs> but I can imagine you'd be like, oh, I'm just having my picnic. Oh, hello, Mr. B. Oh, what are you doing over there? You're having a great time. Oh, I'll come and say hello to Archie. But actually, you have been in the same room as me and B's. So I've just been so chilled out about it. Really? Yeah, you haven't when? noticed. I'm a bee charmer. Sometimes when one seems dead on the windowsill, I can spend half an hour with it. <laughs> I can spend half an hour with it, and then it's better and goes out the window. Could you not have this conversation yeah. at home? <laughs> I was thinking this is the first time we've ever got to do anything together where we get to sort of talk to each other, so we could save a bit of time and just catch up on a bit of house admin. That is good. That is actually good, yeah. I made soup today, yeah. and there's four portions in the fridge. <laughs> How do you know it's four portions? Because, well, I think one of them is a bit of a measly portion, actually. So it's three big portions and one What's small portion. What's in the portion. soup? Um, kale. <laughs> no! No! But you don't care what's in the soup! Hey, Margaret, yes. you're not fucking anybody on the panel. <laughs> Whereas I am. Somewhere and not knowing where you were. I did once get into bed with someone and I didn't know who they were. Does that count? <laughs> Congratulations on the That's baby, the by the way. <laughs> <laughs> A friend of mine uh, got very drunk in Belfast one night, and when he woke up the next day, he claimed uh, he woke up in the docks of Belfast and went, Oh, that was quite a night. I was walking down the docks of Belfast when he saw the Liver building. <laughs> And Sarah, I'll simplify the question. How might a paper bag be used to ward off the wasps? Ooh. Oh, pretend you're having a panic attack. <laughs> Do you blow it up and pop it? Do you fill it full of other wasps? Sometimes wasps you put your picnic in it. They always say, oh, it thinks you're a flower. That's what people say, don't they? When, you, when the bee comes over... Does no one else say that to you? <laughs> Whenever a bee comes over to me, someone will go, oh, it thinks you're a flower. And I think, oh, that's nice. And then, so maybe if they put a paper bag on my head, it would go, no, no, it's just some shopping from America. So, so if a flower... <laughs> so if a fly comes over to you... They think, yeah. They think you're shit. No, because sometimes, sometimes they go near sandwiches. So they think you're a... <laughs> different eyes to us and lots of them so it's easily confused also do they see in slow motion we seem slow to them because they're so much faster wow. but that might be a lie that honey i've shunk the kids is trying to make <laughs> ben has anybody got close on this question i've given half a mark to john actually thanks the mate. Oh, this, this soup shit <laughs> it's a fucking great soup actually no, uh, for staying still, because uh, Daniel will help me say, don't flap your arms. Such movements only enrage wasps. Because they think you're doing an impression of them. <laughs> Probably right. Okay, well, I'll give you some tips from the Daily Mail then on uh, how to get rid of wasps. Send them back to where they came from. <laughs> do they they collect eat swans. Do they collect vouchers and then for a pound they can go to the south of France? <laughs> 
if you're in the uh, mood to kill the wasp, they say spraying a wasp with hairspray freezes it and causes it to fall out of the air. The drawback of this method is that the other wasps are attracted to the smell of hairspray. So. <laughs> the best way to deter wasps is to make them believe there is already another colony of wasps in the area. They're fiercely territorial, so are very wary of approaching when they see a nest that's not theirs. Nests look like large, papery, grey pear drops. So the simplest way to do this is to make a paper bag in the shape of a nest and hang it from a nearby branch or a parasol. I did say fill it with wasps. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't say fill it with wasps. <laughs> Classic male, not going the extra mile. Margaret and John, here's your scenario. It's spooky wookie Halloween. You both like a giggle, so you've got into costume as your favourite comedy characters. John is sexy Freddy Krueger, and Margaret is dressed as Kachansky from Red Dwarf Season 8. <laughs> the party is lovely and you're having a wonderful time flirting with sexy Ed 209 from the film Robocop, and sexy Dad who sets fire to himself from the film Walkabout. <laughs> Unfortunately, sexy Poirot's boyfriend is insanely jealous and he's got a real gun. He starts counting down from five because that's how he does any task since the accident. He takes aim at you, but oh no! What is the right way to take a bullet according to the worst case scenario survival handbook? So you've got time to see that... You've got time to get into position. Bullet is it's coming important. towards you. Like, ideally, if this wasn't a comedy podcast, it'd be a yeah. terrorist situation, but that felt a little bit too dark. <laughs> so uh, I went for sexy you put, Poirot instead. Um, <laughs> one hand over your face and one over your vagina. That's probably... <laughs> yeah, because hands are bulletproof. What, about, um, <laughs> what else have I got? Duck? First off, go side-on. Your core organs are all in the centre, running down like that, so that's the area you want to protect. I've run this through in my head because I live in Lewisham. <laughs> so go side-on with your arm, because then you can take a bullet in the arm. Oh, yeah, your arm's bulletproof. No, you can take a bullet in it, and unless it hits an artery, you're going to be okay. You should duck. You need to make yourself as small as possible. And you can also do some moves on the assailant. I suggest the tiger punch. What's that? The tiger punch is where you make a fist, but you bring your fingers back like that. If Margaret, if I could be so bold. No! Absolutely <laughs> fucking not! That's the politest way I was ever asking them to punch you. But I'll just act it out. I won't actually right. make... But look at me. Okay? Yeah, that's right. And then you just go for the neck there, and then you go for the windpipe and collapse it and then that buys you at least 30 seconds. Sarah has never looked her out. <laughs> Have you ever shot anything, Sarah? I once borrowed my friend's super soaker when I was about nine, but I thought the force was too strong. I think it took the fun out of water pistols. I used to play with my dad's gun when I was a kid. My dad was in the police force in Northern Ireland and he would come home, pour some whiskey and then give his son a gun to play with. <laughs> Please, was there someone else in the room thinking penis all the way through? <laughs> what, my dad's a penis? Oh, yeah. John, yeah. John, John calls his penis the gun. Oh, the gun. Oh, sorry. The gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, banned in most states. <laughs> and what a state it is. <laughs> Think of a state that sounds like something to do with willies. <laughs> Mississippi penis. Is it? Oh, no. <laughs> Indiana. Oh, no. That's the anus, surely. 
Diana. <laughs> We're talking there about Diana? Yeah. What, Lady Diana? Yeah. That's right, Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, Michael, there's a reason people hate you. Do you know? <laughs> is, there, is there honestly a satellite delay or something? Like that? You told them Quantum to... leak. <laughs> yeah, and you've turned up as a right cunt. <laughs> Imagine if he looks in the mirrors. Oh fuck, I'm Michael Leg. Hey, Margaret. Yes. What's your favourite fancy dress outfit for a Halloween party? Noddy Holder. <laughs> sort of the only thing I ever dress. Who's that? I don't know who that is. You liar! The only reference I've got so far this entire show is the walkabout dad. Everything <laughs> <laughs> else, I still don't know. He's the lead singer of Slade. So yeah. you don't dress sexy at a Halloween party? What are you saying? <laughs> Noddy Holder is the sexiest. It's Noddy Holder in suspenders, that's what I, oh, that's what yeah, I go yeah, for. Sexy. Back on the question about the gun, is it better to turn your back on it or to face it? John's gone for the side, side, which isn't on here. Oh, well, my tits are very sensitive, so I'm going back. <laughs> I don't know about John. I, I have heard, but I, I know a lot of liars, that it's, if, if you're going to get shot, it's best to get shot in the gut. I'd say face it because you've got muscle, ribs, skin. On the back, you've got old spiny pops no out. No skin. Yeah, no skin. John's <laughs> Ben, who got closest with the point there? Well, I'm giving John and Margaret two, and Michael and Sarah half. So according to Worst Case Scenario Handbook, face the shooter. You don't want to take the bullet in your back or the base of your skull. So, a half point to Michael for saying go for the guts, and a half point to John for changing his side on at the last minute. Point to John for get low, makes you a smaller target. Sit with your rear end on the ground, bend your knees and keep your legs in front of you, protecting your midline with your shins and thighs. And then half a point to Margaret for, I've been generous here, move your elbows into the centre of your body, cover your face with your forearms and your head with your hands. Will Smith released this as a song. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your fingers together with your palms towards you, keep your hands an inch or two in front of you to absorb the impact of the bullet. Um, it's the worst song ever. It's a very difficult dance routine. Their final advice is, if you have been shot, seek medical attention as soon as possible. Uh, it's good that they said that. Wusses. At the end of that round, what are the points, producer Ben? Well, Michael and Sarah have a half, and Margaret and John have two and a half. Yeah! Yeah, five more years of Tory rule, round two is agony. <laughs> some real-life problems from our audience, but before that, let's see if their advice juices are running clear with an actual letter sent to a proper agony aunt. Michael, can you read it out for us, please? Yeah. Dear agony aunt, I have a workmate who is a bit of a diva. She expects the secretaries to do stuff the rest of us do for ourselves, that sort of thing. Based on this quality, I privately share some not very nice nicknames for her with my friends around the office. Lately, however, the diva and I have been spending more time together, and I think we might start dating. <laughs> She's a sensitive person and would be devastated to know what I've been calling her behind her back. Is it feasible to just lie to her forever about the things I've been saying about her all this time? Or is a relationship just a non-starter here? 
So what we really want to know is what John used to say about Sarah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> what is that going out? Hey, see, we did. We knew of each other before we met each other, and I had been sent a photograph of John before I ever met him, and he was naked in that photograph. <laughs> so could you see the gun? Wide-angle lens. <laughs> Yeah, I saw the gun, and the first thing I said to him when I met him at a gig was, Hi, hello, I have seen a picture of you naked. No, what you actually said was, before I say hello, I need you to know that I've seen your penis. <laughs> um, so, John and Margaret, what advice yeah. would you give this person in the letter? Do you think it's okay to lie? He sounds like a horrible person yeah, who doesn't I deserve a girlfriend. Exactly, what? I saw, I'm sort of with that. Dicks, but that they're all right. Margaret. Yes, hi. <laughs> so Sorry. many people must have been rude about you before having sex yes. with you. <laughs> yes. Sometimes people say things, you say things with your friends because you're having a joke and you're being very cruel and you hope that that person will never find out. So it's not really based on truth. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. When something's really, really funny, funny yeah. that, I mean, I've said some terrible things about people who I like because I just thought it was too funny yeah. not to. And I know, I, it's terrible because I have a daughter and we've had to tell her that being kind is more important than being funny and it's really hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. I watched a Saturday night show which is sort of Saturday night jolly pranky show that was an utter disaster. And they had um, a couple on there, and John Barrowman, or equivalent, uh, went to uh, interview them. And, uh, <laughs> has he presented one of them? Anyway, For a while. Um, she admitted it was a little jokey thing, and she was sort of giggling and saying, Oh, and they were saying, You've got something to say to him, haven't you? Your partner of 20 years. And she said, Yeah, the night I got together with you, I was actually playing pull a pig with my friend. And he looked like she had kicked him in the face and thrown him down the stairs. And I just thought, I don't know if that's going to recover that relationship. And it's just awful because she obviously loved him now, but he just, and to do that on national television, <laughs> however few people were watching it, it's just, when I just it, don't know how you. When you say. But that, the night I met my wife, I was playing Hungry Hippos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what's. Uh... Ben, what is the actual answer? I'm going to give a mark to Margaret because I assume you were saying, don't say anything. Yeah. Right. So, uh, this is... Uh, That's reading a lot into it, actually, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> this advice comes from Dear Prudence in Slate magazine, and she said, it's a non-starter to tell her that you would like to move things to the next level, but beforehand she needs to know that you used to regularly refer to her as Debbie Diva. I suggest you don't say anything. If you do become a couple and the people you teased her with raise their eyebrows, you can say, actually, I was wrong. She's a lovely person, so point to Margaret for that. Someone else would have to be really malicious to tell her what you used to call her. But officers have malicious people. So if she does find out, then you take the hit. Say, it's true that before I got to know you, I thought you sometimes acted imperiously with the support staff. If that's going to cause... If that's going to cause her to crumble, consider the consequences of getting together with someone so delicate. I've come up with a solution consequently to hearing that. <laughs> We're not going to get any points for that. No, Go on. but if it's Debbie Diva, then what he could do, which would be quite cunning, is to, around the house lovingly start calling her Debbie Diva as a nickname. So she's like, oh, you bought basics, I don't know, toast. No, that's the worst. Toast, amazing. <laughs> John, is that why my nickname's Sarah Shit at Comedy? <laughs> in a loving way, in a loving way. <laughs> no, that, that's not why. But if he can establish around, <laughs> if he can establish around the home a loving nickname which is Debbie Diva because she doesn't like I don't know the 
No, then, when she says, like, put the toilet seat down. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then someone at work goes, uh, you know, he calls you Debbie Diva. And she'd be like, yeah, it's a thing we have. <laughs> and he's kind of styled That's it out. That's good advice. That's actually very good advice, yeah. John. Thanks, guys. some problems from tonight's audience. This is from Lydia Schmidia. <laughs> My boyfriend saw the dentist for the first time in 12 years today for his rubbish teeth. When he came back, he told me how she kept resting her breasts on his face. He has two more appointments in the next month. Should I be concerned? Where is Lydia Schmidia? Oh, right, right, right down the front. Is that your boyfriend? He held his cup like a breast. Yes. Oh. Why was she resting them on your face when that doesn't make sense? <laughs> she was, she, yeah, I was laid back and she was resting over me and her breasts were against my cheek mm. as she leaned over. Do you suffer from a thing that a lot of guys suffer from? That you go, oh God, the breasts were right in my face. Well, what you mean is they were in the room. <laughs> In that case, there were four of them. Um, Five. <laughs> so, what are you having done in the two repeat yeah. appointments? Two fillings. Two fillings. And you have, oh, hey, and you two have, fillings. <laughs> and you haven't been for 12 years. That's actually very good, isn't it? I didn't go for seven years and they took three teeth out. Oh. Oh. Um, Just uh, for, to punish you. <laughs> yeah. Out of interest, how many passive-aggressive comments from you did it take before he finally went to the dentist? A few. He doesn't brush them at night. What the <laughs> fuck, mate? Oh, oh, holy oh, shit. Man. Now, you don't it... deserve tits in your face. <laughs> I have actually heard that you only need to do it once a day. From a madman? It's, no, it says that on some toothpaste. What? It says that on some toothpaste, and you'd think they'd want you to do it more. It does not say out. that on any toothpaste. It says that on my toothpaste. Some Your toothpaste, toothpaste, which is currently no, on the bathroom sink. No, let's not get into sink. this. Just <laughs> okay. I'm not having it at work. John, I, <laughs> I get another miss at home. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> Fancy the dentist. Oh, you have to oh, line that's, up. Yeah, oh, please what? Line. I say I fancy it. Please line, please no. line. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I tell my husband everyone I fancy is millions of them. <laughs> um, were her nipples hard? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> were yours? <laughs> Not just my nipples. <laughs> She just, his girlfriend just hit him yeah. there. <laughs> what would you prefer, your girlfriend or two fillings? My girlfriend. I think your boyfriend loves you and uh, I think he wants his teeth done. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny story, not a dangerous episode. And I'm very sorry your relationship is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lydia Schmidia, who would you give a point to on the panel? Margaret. Yeah! Nice. Thank you. Round of applause for Margaret. <laughs> okay, is Hannah here? Yeah. 
Hannah's problem is, I relish being the youngest person in my team at work, reminding people of it frequently and making them feel old. <laughs> no, she's really done herself proud. A new guy has started who is quite a lot younger than me. How should I deal with this threat to my self-esteem? <laughs> so, Hannah, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay. That's not young. It's not that young. <laughs> That's why she's relishing it. I used to have this. When I very first started stand-up, I quite liked it because everyone was kind of older than me and I was 26, so around your kind of age. And now, what happens is, the way time works, is, it, is that you become the oldest person. The other day, a fellow comedian said to me, oh, you're like a MILF, except you haven't got any children. <laughs> Which is the ideal kind of MILF. <laughs> And I realise, don't enjoy the youth bit too much, or then it's too sad when it goes. I think that's nice, but I don't think it's a complete trick, because I don't think, like, you become the oldest just because you're 27. I mean, like, musicians like uh, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, <laughs> Jim Morrison, all 27, and uh, I'm telling you, their peers are way older than them now. And also the Elephant Man gets, lot, yeah, yeah. gets left off that list Christmas, of cool people. At Christmas, yeah. we went to, at Christmas we went to see a musical about Sherlock Holmes and we had to leave in the interval because John was too upset they'd made fun of the Elephant Man. <laughs> I'm actually happier than that with the real story, which is I have a phobia of the Elephant Man. So I was too scared. <laughs> Either way is really sweet. <laughs> so you're allowed to talk about things from our private life, but I'm not. I don't talk about you being scared of the Elephant Man every single time you brush your teeth. <laughs> you should, from now on. Be amazing. I mean, your tube of toothpaste looks a bit like the Elephant Man. <laughs> Do you show her tube of toothpaste a mirror sometimes? <laughs> I am not an animal. I am Colgate. You're very tooth kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Does aging bother you, Margaret? Do you? <laughs> well, no. I tell you for why. Because, um, unlike Sarah, I've managed to spawn. So. <laughs> oh. I mean, it was Danielle that asked the fucking question. <laughs> she hasn't either. I mean, it's all about the yeah. eggs. Yeah. Eggs. Yeah. What? Like, Hen's eggs. No, lady, oh, lady yeah. eggs. So time affects nothing else other than your eggs. When women give birth to lady children, they already have all... If a woman gives birth to a lady child, yeah. she's so, got yes, more problems listen. than she. A female baby... When female someone gives baby. birth to a... When someone a has, girl! A woman has... A, there when, we go. When a woman has a girl, the baby child has all of her ovums already in her ovaries. She gives birth to her grandchildren when she gives birth to her daughter. True saying. Isn't that amazing? Like a Russian doll, but gross. <laughs> and milk comes out of their nipples. Out of your baby's nipple? Yep. And prisoners of war men lactate. <laughs> yeah, they do. We've, I mean, this has escalated yeah. so quickly. They do because, <laughs> well, because they've been starved for a long time, their liver stops working properly, and then when they start eating again, their hormones are out of balance. Hannah, has anybody helped? I think Sarah's original comment was probably the most helpful. Point to Sarah. Hey, let's check the scores, producer Ben. Sarah and Michael now have one and a half, and Margaret and John have four and a half. What's the opposite of these stupid doofers? Let's ask the experts. Ask, 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 ask. Ask the experts.
This is the round where we make ourselves look like right gumbos in front of a trained professional by trying to guess what they're thinking. So let's welcome today's guest, bomb disposal expert, Steve Rimmer. <laughs> so Steve, you defuse bombs. When I find them, yeah. you want to defuse bombs for a living? I was based in Germany as a, a normal royal engineer and the only UK posting was to become a bomb disposal engineer. So <laughs> I thought, why not? <laughs> What's the biggest bomb you've ever disposed of? Um, 250 kilogram one in Pimlico, just near the Thames. Was that an unexploded sort of Second World War thing? Yeah, UXO, yeah. Qualo, yeah, I know about this stuff. So. <laughs> We should hang out after. <laughs> so, panel, if you've got any questions for Steve, now is the time. Um, yes, I would like to ask, have you ever woken up and tried to defuse your alarm clock? <laughs> I do, um, I like to wake up before it goes off. Ah. <laughs> when you write your name in, like, a form, Steve Rimmer, do you ever giggle? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted to know. That's all I wanted to know. A Northern Irish man, and that's the question you're asking for the I've already checked under the table, it's fine. <laughs> What's the best bomb? Uh, 250 kilogram SC. Which Fuck is yeah! <laughs> yeah Have you only ever diffused one bomb? Yeah, that's <laughs> and it forms all your anecdotes about bomb yeah, disposal. Yeah, yeah. Me and that bomb go way back. <laughs> with me. <laughs> Have you seen the Hurt Locker? Yeah. Is it true? Like real? It Is depends. it real? If I'm talking to a sexy lady, it's definitely like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in reality, it's not. When, when so you, you want to know if John's a sexy lady or not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have a new bomb, do all bombs conform to basic bomb blueprints? Or have you ever had a bomb where you were like, holy shit, this guy's good, what the crivens is this? Um, not now. Um, I deal with World War II munitions, so... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> You're a one-trick pony, mate. The war's over, we won, let it lie! to find bombs with yeah, these dolphins or dogs or yeah. rats. Do you ever get jealous? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that. Why is everyone yeah. hitting him? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, shall we uh, start the first question, Ben? Okay, Steve is working for the UN in Bosnia clearing mines just like Princess Diana used to. After a long day blowing stuff up, he comes across an anti-personnel mine by a road. Bloody army health and safety nitpicking, I blame the EU rules, state that he needs to have at least 1,000 metres of wire from the mine before he exploded, but he's only got 300 metres of trigger wire. Will he go back to camp and pick up more, because that will take three hours, or will he stay and blow up the mine? What would Steve do in this situation? Uh, really difficult. Sometimes they say if you took all of a human being apart, all of the veins and bones and intestines, it would go all the way to the moon and back. So, um, all Steve needs is 700 metres of his own um, veins and arteries, <laughs> and he can do this. I believe in you. <laughs> Are those distances accurate, Steve? Would you have to be 1,000 metres away? That's what our guidelines are. A thousand metres? Yeah, That's ages. That's loads of swimming pools. Yeah. 
So it's like a firework, but bigger. I'll explain how a mine goes off. An antipersonnel mine explodes, it breaks into a lot of fragments. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get two, three hundred bullets flying in every direction. Top tip, yeah. make yourself small. <laughs> Would you see this? I think he might leave it down to his robot sidekick. You've got robot sidekick, right? Yeah, we do. Robot sidekick. <laughs> Could you not like chuck it really far <laughs> and hope that triggers the thing? Because could you could you chuck it for three hundred meters? No, absolutely not. No one on earth. <laughs> I think you played by the rules. I think you have yeah, to so go back. I. I think yeah. you have to do it properly. And also, I like to think that you care enough about yourself as we do about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't clap that. <laughs> Steve, what would you do in this situation? It was an actual situation that happened. We'd been out blowing stuff up all day long, and as oh, we were going back God. to camp, the local police had called us over and said, look, we've got something in this field. It needs to be dealt with now because there's kids and cattle running around, and it will go off eventually. So we ended up just doing it. We did decide to get inside our Land Rover while the explosion went off. It caused the windscreen to crack. So when we got back to camp, we just said, we got a stone chip. <laughs> you know when, uh, when people say to you, God, being a stand-up comedian must be really scary. <laughs> nah. Steve, have you been in any other dangerous situations? I was actually in quite a, a bad one in Bosnia again. I wasn't aware of it at the time. We was moving from Banja Luka to Split, and when we got back to our camp, we got told by the guard that we'd been shot at, but we weren't aware of it because we was listening to Phil Collins on repeat. <laughs> Suppose after a while you just don't care anymore. <laughs> Scenario number two for Steve. A mad supervillain is demanding a billion pounds or he's going to blow up the Natural History Museum. The police have discovered the bomb is hidden inside the Triceratopsis skeleton and Steve has been called in to defuse it. Now Steve is wearing his bomb-proof suit like in the Hurt Locker, John. However, the suit is very bulky and the space is very cramped inside the bones of a long-dead Triceratops. It's going to make defusing the bomb very difficult and time-consuming. So, what would Steve do? Would he go in and defuse the bomb with the suit on, or does he take the suit off? Take the suit off, put on the Stegosaurus skeleton, <laughs> and then you've got the best protection that nature can offer. <laughs> Michael, what would your dad do? Uh, have a couple of drinks, fall asleep in front of the telly. Get his gun out. <laughs> What's the oldest bomb that would be possible for you to find? A World War II one's the oldest ones, or are there ones from Victorian times that Sherlock Holmes might have made? Um, <laughs> I found some cannonballs at Woolwich Arsenal. Fuck it, no, really? Powder, yeah. Quality. Cool. But they don't go off, do they? They just sit there, don't they? They're full of um, gunpowder, so they could Cannonballs have got gunpowder in? There was the first actual explosives invented. I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> it's a song about it on no jacket required. <laughs> Margaret, do you think Steve would wear the big bomb out? I think he's not? gone. I think he's a bit maverick, and I think he's not putting the coat on. Steve, what's the actual answer? Uh, the answer is then, if you're working on a device and the suit becomes cumbersome and it could hinder what you're doing and make it more dangerous, then you just take it off because if you're that close to the device, if it goes off, then the suit wouldn't offer any protection. And what you're saying, Steve? 
I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, is the outfit then just to contain the bits should it blow up? Yeah, within the industry that's what we're told, that's what it's going to be for, to keep you together for the burial really. Um, it's for approaching and for walking away, so as you're approaching the weapon, if somebody was watching you doing it, yeah. they call it dicking, if somebody's dicking you, then... <laughs> If you're approaching it and there was to trigger this thing off, then it would protect you. But whilst you're actually working on a device, there is a scene in the hair locker where they do actually, he just takes it off. Yeah. And then um, that's quite true, yeah. What do you wear underneath, out of interest? <laughs> just a thong. <laughs> just a thong. Thumbprint. <laughs> uh, yeah, thong, yeah, very good. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Steve. Is there anything you would like to plug before you go? Believe it or not, I'm actually also a stand-up comedian. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> well, yeah, you can um, go on my website, or if you dare, you can Google Bomb Disposal Comedian. It'll take you straight to my website. It's the only person who which I say, I hope you don't die on your ass. It works <laughs> both of your skills. Yeah, it sucks when you bomb. <laughs> Thank you to Bomb Disposal Expert Steve Well, Michael and Sarah have one and a half, and Margaret and John have six and a half. Yeah. Your mum is so sexy, you want to do the wrong thing all over her curtains. <laughs> do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any situation. The winner gets good bacteria for a healthy digestive system. <laughs> Has he swallowed it? <laughs> um, McDonald's promises to go vegan, but only if you eat a Big Mac, what is the wrong thing to do? Say to McDonald's, OK, I'll kill all the babies in the world, or you have an abortion. <laughs> the wrong thing to do in that situation is to not buy shares in Burger King if you do make them go vegan. <laughs> Anyway, this is the quick fire round. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got buzzers. You can, do, you, can do, you can do a buzz with your mouth. If yeah, you, want you to. can if you want, yeah. Do it now. What? Buzz. Ah! <laughs> the gun's gone off. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's laughing too much for that not to be real. Mention toothpaste. It's I've never seen Sarah so I'm red. Sarah! <laughs> you cry, cream egg filling. What is the wrong thing to do? Who ate the chocolate shell? <laughs> Go to see Schindler's List. <laughs> it's a boy. What's the wrong thing to do? Start wearing Crocs. <laughs> Shout, shout, hooray, sarcastically, and then under your breath go, another potential race, rapist. Racist. Another <laughs> potential <laughs> racist rapist. There's one thing that's worse than being a rapist, it's a racist rapist. <laughs> An alien from another planet offers you infinite wisdom, what's the wrong thing to do? Say, oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm in a rush, like with, like with chuggers. <laughs> Disappoint him sexually. <laughs> you can't do the wrong thing if you have infinite wisdom. No, but you've been He's offered been it. Offered What's it? the wrong thing to do? Oh, right. Find okay. out how to get Listen. rid of wasps at a picnic. <laughs> hey! In the words of Kanye West, you cannot offend a robot. So what are the final scores, Ben? 
it got closer. Uh, Michael and Sarah got five and a half. Margaret and John have got seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah.